Hey there fans, welcome to Thrones of Game. Just before we get into the podcast today, I want to tell you about our new podcast, Pulp Fury Radio. Yes, Pulp Fury Radio is a new anthology series where we take the aesthetics of old world radio and pair them with modern stories across a range of genres like sci-fi, horror, fantasy, mystery, and noir. Our latest story is out now. It's the claustrophobic, haunting, harrowing story, The Terror in the Walls. Go subscribe to Pulp Fury Radio on your favourite podcast app and check out PulpFuryRadio.com for more information. All right, let's do Thrones of Game. Woo! There you sell swords across the narrow sea. Welcome to Thrones of Game, the Game of Thrones podcast that watches the series backwards. If you've never heard the show before, well, let me explain there, friend. My name is BT Calloway. I've already seen the entire series. And joining me is Elliot J. O'Neill, the man who had never watched a single episode of Game of Thrones until we started watching in reverse order. Elliot, how are you? Still hear you say and you will never, never break the chain. And those of you who don't understand your Fleetwood Mac references, we just watched Season 4, Episode 3, entitled The Breaker of Chains. Elliot J. Neal, what just happened? Oh, man, this is the aftermath. Mm. (laughs) I don't know what happened, but I just saw what happened after what happened what happened. Yeah, so for everyone out there, this is the episode after Joffrey dies horribly, and it opens with just a shot of his blood-strewn, dead, choked-out face. Yeah. And (laughs) and there's like a quick look, like the, the immediate aftermath, I think from last episode is kind of replayed very quickly here because it's very someone stops Sansa oh no Sansa is on the way oh, follow me my lady yeah. it's like very rushed but I think it's because we already saw it last episode uh, I presume yeah see the thing is I've already got context I know there's going to be a dead kid coming up mm-hmm. but still it couldn't really prepare me for okay theme song over little little, little dead kid blood face <laughs> yeah it's it's quite a bloody... Jerry did it what says it what is happening <laughs> yeah everything moves so quickly but again I feel like that's a quick recap for everyone to be like hey remember last week when we blew your fucking mind didn't think you'd forget just you know thought we'd bring you up to speed in case just we'd rush because you're just everyone was so busy gasping and clutching at their pearls that they just might have completely forgotten anywho so that's the main thing that happens in this episode uh the other one is possibly the other biggest controversy in game of thrones but we'll get to that eventually oh yes um however first we'll ask our second question our first one being what just happened which we just answered god we're efficient uh, Elliot J. O'Neill, what is your MVP? MVP. Um, man, uh, <laughs> constant winner, Tyrion Lannister. Mm-hmm. But um, just while I'm trying to think of what my MVP could be, uh, his conversation with Podrick was great. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I do love... This is Tyrion when he's still got a bit of fight left in him. And mm. so, you know, Podrick, first of all, is amazing because he sneaks in all these... Like, he's like, they took the wine, but I got you these cheese and crackers and also <laughs> this pen and quill and ink, and you don't want to know where I hid them, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's great, and then, yeah, he's found found out that they've approached Podrick and said they'll make him a, a knight if he just testifies against Tyrion, and he's told them to fuck off, and he's like, no, no, you have to leave now, or just take their deal, because yeah. they will kill you, and he has a great line of, I don't want to be marched to the gallows and see your head already on a spike, so yeah. Mm. No, and it's great. Almost a, you know, Harry and the Hendersons moment right there. Yeah, go, Pod. Run! We don't want you anymore! <laughs> just go! But no, had to leave it with the old, you are the greatest, most loyal guy there ever was. Uh. 
<laughs> yeah, Bond's got a little... T- oh, my God, it's beautiful. Mm. Yeah, and he's got some other great lines in there. I love, I love his bit of, uh, before they get you, he's like, who's they? It's like, they, the ominous they, <laughs> just th- whoever this is. Yeah, I love that bit. And, um, yeah, I was trying to write down, like, what's a good line for this? Like, a few good pods or, like, a pod by any other name. I didn't, couldn't get anything good. I was like, yeah. Keep working at it, dude. <laughs> yeah, he podcast him out of the room. Uh, fuck. You know, I'm not a religious man, but... <laughs> I think I could get on board with con- constantly fearing the ominous they. Yeah, that's. I mean, yes. <laughs> They're after me. The ominous they. Oh, okay, sure. They're always watching. Yeah, no, really agree. Totally great scene. Um, I'm going to say mine is probably going to be Tywin Lannister talking to Oberon Martell. So, oh, yeah. First of all, starts off with a bit of nudity. Yeah, just a big old orgy. Just a big, well, we start off just focused on a butt. Yeah. <laughs> and slowly pan up to the woman who owns said butt. But it's like. That's got to be tough. If you're an actor and you're like, okay, what's the you, the director's just pointing a camera up directly at your ass? You have you have to have a lot of ass confidence, and mm-hmm. I hope that woman does because she should. Oh yeah, like she works out clearly. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, just what, what a scene for it to paint, and you know, just a couple of people making out while these people engage in a philosophical uh, discussion of bisexuality. Yeah, and again, I think um, Oberon's got some great lines there. He's all just like, you know, oh, I fight for Dorne, but when it comes to love, I do not choose sides. <laughs> this is the way. <laughs> yeah. He's a little got bit a... of a Mandalorian joke there for you, all. Uh, okay, see, I haven't seen it all yet, so I didn't know. Uh, uh, and okay. then Tywin Lannister comes in and cockblocks everybody. <laughs> but I do like, for a second, uh, Oberon's like, oh, we'll just sit down. Not in like a, <laughs> but maybe. So, yeah. was... No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have a good little back and forth about he kind of accuses uh, Oberon, but also he, he knows he's not, and he's got a bit of, well, I'm all alone here and unguarded. Will you take take your chance and try and kill me? He's oh, you would not have come alone if you thought I would. Yeah, see, this is what I when I do love Game of Thrones, you mm. know, just this conversational chess uh, yeah, going sure. on, and, you know, it's... Silly but wonderful dialogue, and these two are just acting the shit out of it. Oh, for yeah. sure. And I love that they are such conflicting personalities, kind of meeting the, reaching this mutual agreement mm. of, you know, the very uh, stoic and still Tywin and the, you know, fiery and passionate Oberon, the fire and ice, if you will. Oh. Mm. Someone, Someone should, should write, write a song, song about, about that. Ah, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know I set it up, but I, I set it up, we both tried to dunk it or have a basketball work. How awkward, but our heads both to- <laughs> touched ew, the low-hanging fruit. Ew, ew. <laughs> Yeah, it's fair. We look out. There's a moment. Um, but yeah, a great scene. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And yes, yeah, this was good because I actually did wonder how the fuck Oberon got onto the um, uh, the judging jury thing. Yeah, what do you call it when there's three judges? Still judging Panel table, of I suppose. Judges, a Supreme Court. I don't know. He had a name for it. Yeah, it's Council of Judgingness. Mm. Uh, American Idol. Sorry. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Westeros Idol. Mm-hmm. Wait, are they in Westeros here? Ah, uh, no. yes. yes. Yes, they are. Yeah, King's Landing in Westeros. <laughs> um, so if that was your MVP, we'll move to our next question. Nudity, which I already yelled, but I like yelling it. Yep. Um, <laughs> yep, big old orgy. It was one of these other scenes that I've noticed Game of Thrones do where they want to have a scene in a bordello or whatever, mm. and it's just like, hmm, people have got to talk because otherwise the show won't have any talking. But also their mouths are going to be full. Let's get two women making out in the background. <laughs> Pretty much. They have a term for this now. If They call it sex position. Yeah. Where, you know, they spout exposition, but try to make it interesting with nudity. Sex position. Sorry. That only just clicked. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. It's, it's pretty much, I don't know if it was invented for this, but it was definitely popularized by yeah. it. So uh, uh, the other bit we get is when uh, Sam from another series takes Gilly to Molestown and there's some Molestown hookers in there. 
being top, or maybe it's just a Hooters bar, and they just go, you know, boobs out. I don't know. Yeah, I was wondering. Did I see him get her back? Uh, okay, so the wildlings all fuck up the, the Molestown, uh, if you remember that one, yeah. and then you know uh, what's her name um, from Kira Knightley. No, why do names always elude me? <laughs> Aloy. Yes, Aloy, aka I fucking wrote this down for this exact fucking reason, Ingrid. <laughs> <laughs> Aloy slash Ingrid is there and she's the one who like lets uh, Gilly go and then she makes her way up to Castle Black so oh, that's what right. happens with her and then Sam for a while thinks she's dead and yeah yeah, and I get a little bit of uh, justification for ass face killing Aloy as well yes yeah, so this is the other thing of uh, Ollie watching you see his village get wiped out by all the wildlings and I was trying to write down a bit for this it was like Ollie begins or Ollegens or something, but I mean, they're all very incredibly labored, uh, which is my big note of violence in this one. Cause they, again, wildlings just fucking suck. Yeah. Like, again, I, I know we have sympathy for them. I know they've been pushed to the point of desperation. The whole plan is if we kill enough villagers, Castle Black will send its troops out to fight us. We can, and that will leave the castle vulnerable. I get the plan. They're still total dickbags. Yeah, and that's the th interesting thing about the Backwards Watch is because I don't see people justified in their reputations, you know. Mm. And, you know, people are saying all these things, oh, oh, the wildlings, wildlings, wildlings. But mostly I've seen the wildlings oppressed. And, but, you know, going backwards and now I'm saying, oh, they do so. Oh, yeah, okay, Arseface did. Yeah, he, he should have done that. Well, he did. even a guy with, like, uh, you know, scars all over his face is like, you see that? Oh, I'm yeah. going to eat your mom and then I'm going to eat your dad. You better run to Castle Black. He's like, yeah, no wonder Ollie decided to just, you know, kill as many wildlings as possible and kill Jon Snow when he uh, let the wildlings in. I understand that. I couldn't help but notice that, yeah, in binging with Babish's Game of Thrones spectacular where he made, like, seven dishes, that mm. he didn't make Ollie's parents. Yeah, well, it's very hard find to find Long Pig in New York. <laughs> well, I couldn't get Ollie's parents, but I got the nearest substitute. <laughs> Long Pig. That's the one. Um, yeah, but that, uh, so, that was Moles Town nudity and Orgy nudity. So that's all my nudity, I think. Yeah, yep. I mean, there's not really much to say. I mean, there were butts. There was an artful butt. Mm -hmm. it, it was actually a bit of a butt cut, you know? Because, yeah. yeah, especially a weird transition as well, because it was coming from the fucking baby crying in the bordello when just all of a sudden, butt, butt right in the face. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is an interesting cut. I'm not going to lie. It's like that person was like second unit and sent the footage in, and then the editor's are sitting there going, all he did, every single shot just opens with butt. How do we, how do we cut this in? And they're just like, just do it. But just, it took a while for my eyes to sort of work out what was yeah. going on, especially like because it's beautifully lit. You got and her skin as well. Mm. You just got mm. these oranges and browns and you know nice white light. Yeah, they have up. that kind of warm candlelight lighting for the area. It makes sense. But yeah, for a second you're like, what am I looking? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. If it started up with Nasavania, <laughs> I would have been like, oh, we're watching. Oh no, it's a butt. <laughs> Good one. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. So I'm just taking a moment to look through. How do, how do I move on from here? Yeah. <laughs> Transition the way they did. Just shove your button there. I mean, <laughs> podcast. Be lucky they can't. <laughs> uh, violence, nudity. Was it? There wasn't. Any other violence? I'm scrolling through. Uh, oh, yeah. they. Um, so Sansa runs off with this dude who then oh. rows out onto the ocean. Uh, and either he, that guy was rowing for a really long time or it got foggy real quick. Because, mm. like, they scale out into what looks like a clear sky. It's probably middle of the day, maybe early afternoon. And then all of a sudden it's dark and misty. It's like... What happened? Like, did this yeah. roll in suddenly? Was it? Did you just go for like ages? I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird transitional cut. 
Uh, it felt like they just wanted to have the atmosphere of that, you know, ship in the mist, which admittedly is very cool, but going from one to the other so rapidly was like, what just happened? Yeah, I think they got away with it because there are a lot of rapid cuts and it's a bit mm. hectic in this moment, but I agree. It was a literal day and night transition there that didn't really fit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so then, you know, he hands over Sansa and is like, oh, I want to be paid. And he's like, oh, 10,000 uh, little fingers there, little finger, little fingers about for a little bit. And then he's like, of course, you'll want your payment. And then uh, literally double crosses him with two crossbows. Amazing. <laughs> and no one draws attention to it. Just you and I going, I see what you did there. <laughs> I wrote a tick for, you know, good uh, uh, unfocused on pun. Yep. But then again, as Littlefinger often does, he has a good line afterwards of money buys man's silence for a time, but a bolt to the heart buys it forever. Mm. Ah, Sansa. Mm. Yeah, and Baelish just, you know, I never had any question that this guy was a dick. Every scene, it's just dick, dick, dick. Mm-hmm. But not in our usual cock talk kind of way. No. No. Do we? We have cock talk, I think. We kind of do. I don't know if it counts, but you know what? Unconventional podcast, pew, pew. Pew. We'll have to change the theme song. Like, what's that? It's this. It's cock talk. Yep, the sound of peeing. Because if everyone else remembers, this is the one where we cut down to Marine and Daenerys marches up to the gates of whichever bloody city this is. I forget. Maybe it's Marine. I can't remember names. Yeah. Uh, actually, it is because they're in Essos. So yeah, cut to Essos. She goes to Marine. They have one champion ride out who says a bunch of malarkey in a different language, and then pees on the ground. But they do it through this really interesting shot as well that's, yeah, like using his legs as the framing. Oh, my mm-hmm. God, it's the Mrs. Robinson shot. It is. <laughs> bit of a different ending, <laughs> to say the least. Instead of Mrs. Robinson, are you trying to seduce me? It's just, <laughs> here's a blurred out penis peeing on the ground. Well, not blurred out, just out of focus, I mean. <laughs> w- that would be pretty funny if Denarius, yeah, cut. Are you trying to seduce me, champion? <laughs> well, I mean, who knows what he was saying in that other language? Oh, wait, I do. Yeah. <laughs> so apparently they actually took what he was saying is actually um, the taunting scene from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. So he's actually what? saying, yeah, apparently he's actually saying your mother was a hamster and your father smelled of elderberries. Ah! Oh, that rules. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's one of those little uh, Game of Thrones factoids. Yeah. As soon as that bit popped up, I'm like, Wait, is this this bit? I think this is this bit. And look at me wearing a holy hand grenade of Antioch yeah, shirt right now. What a coincidence. <laughs> wow. I'm like, we're the least scripted podcast in the world. <laughs> the champion just rolls in with a guy with coconuts behind him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only. But we, again, we've made comparisons to Monty Python before, and this is just encouraging that. So we've been enabled. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other bit is then they get Guy I can't remember the name of who changes actor next season. Um, God, what is his name? Whatever it is, that guy. He's just uh, like that band that played the th- Friends theme song. The Replacements. <laughs> Can't tell if cut, mark, or joke. <laughs> Meant to be joke, but I don't think it landed. Um, yeah, so he's there, and you know they're like, you know, you need to send a champion, and of course, Grey Worm's like, I will do it. He's like, no, I need you to be a general. And then Captain Friendzone's like, oh, I'll do it. He's like, uh, no. <laughs> and then this guy I can never remember the name of is like, well, I'm not your general, and I'm not your trusted advisor. I'm just a man who's good at killing things. And then he kills the guy, and it's like, you have dragons! Yeah. <laughs> so like, send out your champion. Cool. The dragon? You remember that? You remember you have those? Yeah. 
This is such a prolonged thing for a foregoing conclusion. I know he's going to kill him in like three moves or less. R2, okay, not yeah, bad. Yeah. I mean, admittedly, it was cool, although poor horse, because he throws his naked lady knife into the horse's eye, it falls down, and then he just beheads the dude. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, weirdly, even though I didn't see exactly that coming, I felt like I saw that coming. And really, I just wanted the extended scene of like people not qualifying for this. <laughs> I'll do it, my lady. But no, I can't. You're my chef. You know exactly how to make tiramisu the way I like it. Can't do that. I'll do it. No, no. Who's going to scrub my chamber pot then? Fuck, this is hard. <laughs> if only I had a massive, unkillable beast. Well, what about me? And dirty that moustache, I think not. <laughs> you just got it the way you like. Yeah, she just knows everyone far too well. Yeah. And yeah. See, these are the explanations of that I need of why Daenerys is such a good queen. Because <laughs> it's like... And you know, and you will be free, like these people here that are so wonderfully arranged right now. Mm, yep, nothing says freedom like standing in exact military position. Look how free they are; they do whatever I say. In that nice whoop. <laughs> yeah, that was a little bit weird. Her whole speech about freedom. I mean, I do like the conclusion where they catapult these barrels into the city and they break open. And they've got the uh, collars of the previous slaves, and it's like, look how free they are. And there's that last shot of a. Slave and currently wearing one of these collars, picking one up and looking at presumably his master and being like, hmm, might stab you next episode. <laughs> yeah, which, again, retroactively makes me hate the thing more that, yeah, their mm. overthrowing was so fucking quick. Yeah. And, and you know, we said that sh- all that looked kind of shitty and I thought all this stuff looked kind of shitty as well, where they're standing in a quarry where occasionally we get a shot of that, like, um, that gate, that opening with the cool um, um, stonework and stuff, mm-hmm. but like the majority of the like that's obviously not in the background, and you know what, fair enough. But they're clearly cutting around to make it. Yeah, it's either Dan or the uh, crowd. You don't sort of see both, and it's really mm. annoying to me. Yeah, and fair. especially because yeah, the Dan part of the set just looked like they were in a quarry. Pretty much. I mean, I guess parts of the world just look like quarries. Yeah. I don't know, maybe I'm biased. I've made no secret about the fact that I really don't like the Denarius stuff in this show. Yeah, no, it's fair. I mean, to be entirely fair as well, I've watched enough Doctor Who and almost all of their alien worlds are quarries. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just used to seeing quarries. Oh, they're cheap places to film. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. They're big, they're open, they're rocky, they look weird. You put a blue filter on it, all of a sudden you're in space. Yeah. Um, I imagine that's how Star Trek did most of their shooting as well uh, a lot of those were like really crappy sets yeah <laughs> <laughs> but you know we'll, we'll always forgive star trek um we could put john luke picard in this show that would be dope well, make it so yes <laughs> uh let's merge these worlds for sure uh well, now anyway just move to general notes now because that's uh only violence and our uh, cock talk um yeah piss talk i guess Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. I meant to say it was a literal pissing contest. Because <laughs> after Guy, I forget the name of, finishes, he unzips and pulls it out. And I would have loved him to be like, but wait, wait. Wait, no, everyone, everyone, just be quiet. I need, I need to think about waterfalls. It helps. Okay, yeah. there we go. <laughs> yeah, he suddenly can't pee, and they're like, well, he might have killed the champion, but now that doesn't count anymore. <laughs> yeah, you wh- still need to prove yourself. Like it's, it's, I killed the guy. Just need to. Okay, I need to both focus and not focus at the same time. It's like one of those magic eye things. Okay. Uh, and, and Dan thinking to herself, I knew I should have disqualified him for not being able to pee. Yeah. But, but she's like, that's what I, I should have said to him. Can you pee on, on like request? No, I knew he couldn't. George can. Yeah. He's like, oh, I can. <laughs> yeah, sure. Again. He also had the nice mustache, but the motherfucker yeah. can piss. 
Really pissed. <laughs> yeah, that would have been it. So more Monty Python in this show is what I'm saying. I mean, admittedly, I think that's what we have The Witcher for, for the balance of ridiculous and, uh, you know, gritty. But still, let's get in contact with the still living members and try and get Game of Spam happening. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yes. Writing that down. Game of <laughs> you knocked that one out of the park, dude. Not gonna lie. All right. Well, let's uh, move on to. Oh, geez, everything else is depressing right now. Yep. All right. Let's <laughs> dive into this. First of all, R.I.P. Sass Queen. Mm. Oh yeah, Diana Rigg. I think mm. uh, her name is. I should have learnt that by now. I mean, I should have too. But honestly, to me, she will always be Sass Queen. And I did look up. You know, what had she done previously? And she was like the in the original Avengers, not the Marvel Avengers, but mm. the TV show British spy uh, show, the Avengers, which you know, pretty much any any female lead in the Austin Powers movies was based pretty much off of her performance. There's a great yeah. photo of her on set in this kind of black and white psychedelic dress it's awesome it's like that's the archetype that's so cool yeah and it's just one of these things these people that you hear nothing about then you hear everything about yeah we just i never thought to what was her career like before this i never thought to look it up I'm like oh wait she ruled okay yeah uh, there's this really lovely article that her understudy wrote for i want to say the guardian mm-hmm. yeah if you look that up diana rig understudy um it's a yeah really beautiful piece and talking yeah in great admiration of in great admiration of our sass queen. Mm-hmm. Who, again, has some great lines. She's just talking to Marjorie Tyrell about, oh, you know, it's, oh, no, freaking Joffrey's dead. Uh, good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's just, you know, and... Uh, They're comparing bleak notes as well. Yeah, and Marjorie's like, oh, it's such a terrible thing. She's like, the world is full of terrible things. I'm sass queen and I fucking rule. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I looked at my dead husband. That's old shit that I had to use to sit next to a lot. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and then we move to uh, Joffrey's uh, like funeral viewing. I don't know what you call this. Um, and he's sitting there with those stupid stones on his googly-eyed rocks again. Why? And it just looks so dumb. I mean, I realize it was probably in the books, and it's like we. I don't know if there's a way to make stones on someone's eyes look not stupid. <laughs> Drawing, uh, no, having the kids on set draw eyes for them was not the way. Yeah, I mean. Maybe there's a way, maybe there's not, I don't know, but I'm assuming it's in the books and it's probably reflective of an actual practice. I mean, I know there's coins over the eyes and stuff like that in some cultures. The idea that you'd paint and it's kind of like a death mask, I suppose, but just the eyes and it looks fuck stupid. It just looks ridiculous. About any other thing that didn't involve cartoon drawings of eyes, like if they had that fucking seven pentagram or whatever on the yeah. rocks, cool. Yeah, that would make sense for the, you know, tribute to the seven. That's way better way to solve their production problem mm. several years too late. And uh, a super uncomfortable scene following this. Uh, well, first we get a super fun scene of Tywin being all like, what are the attributes of a good king? To, yeah, that's so, right. So what I'm wondering, are these kids twins? No, they're just, you know, siblings. and Very uh, close in age, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we know how often... Uh, Seesaw and Jim Jam Lannister like to get their bone on, as we will cover in a moment. <laughs> However, first we've got Tywin's whole thing where he's going, you know, what makes a good king? And yeah. you know, Tommen's are like, oh, uh, strength. Like, oh, yes, well, you know, King Ron was blah, blah, blah. And Just, man, that yeah. strength didn't work out. Ooh, Big old history <laughs> lesson with Tywin Lannister right here. Yeah, and I just kind of wanted to just keep going and going and going. And yep. like, wisdom, oh, well, it was wisdom. It's like, oh, my God, what do you want me to say? A nice mustache? Yeah, sure. But George is not a king, is he? No, he's out there watching some other guy pee on the ground. 
Don't know why he suddenly became Bane. But, um, <laughs> that just happened. Uh, but then uh, Tommen does go, oh, wisdom. He's like, yes, wisdom. Wisdom to listen to people until you're old enough to listen to yourself and continue to listen to me forever. Mm, that's some good manipulation. Mm, that's, I mean, it's very obvious, but again, Tommen is prone to that obvious manipulation. Yeah. So yeah, a good and, wisdom yeah, mod. Yeah, it's the old adult, you know, asking the child questions and, you know, making them feel smart when they get it and uh, yep. um, holding the answer but not uh, making them get them there themselves. Yeah, it's a wonderful scene. And in the end, it's all a good wisdom mod and a decent D20. <laughs> and I do like the exit line where they're like, well, of course, when you are king, you're going to need to be married. You know what that is? Uh, to continue the line? Yes, but do you know why? Um, <laughs> like with the, the birds and the bees and putting one hand, a finger of one hand through a circle in the other? You're not exagger- <laughs> like you're not exaggerating that much. This conversation actually went on a lot longer than I thought it was going to. Yeah, like we know what they were setting up, and they're like, yeah. okay, but they're gonna fade out while it's you know going on, and then you get a little bit more than you're expecting. Yeah, and it's foreshadowing, which is great. Mm. Anyway, then we get to the other big controversy in Game of Thrones. I was going to ask if this happened to be that controversy it that did you're indeed. alluding to. Uh, everyone who doesn't quite remember, this is Jamie Lannister raping Cersei next to their dead son. Yep. Okay, so to just dissect this a little bit, apparently the actors have got heard about this controversy and went on and said, oh, we really didn't think of it that way because, you know, they were like, it didn't seem like that on set. And then people have been like, how? And just kind of read through the script line by line and been like, how did anyone think this came off as anything other than super creepy? Because apparently in the books that does happen, but it's much more consensual. Um, oh, so they somehow made it worse. Yeah, yeah, it's it's weird. Um, yeah, I mean they could have, you know. She's at first says it's not right, and then goes with it. I don't know, man. Yeah. This is a big sticking point for a lot of people, and you're fair enough because on the forward watch, Jamie has this whole kind of redemption arc, as you will see how he gets to know Brienne of Tarth and that kind of thing. Mm. Uh, and this just threw that out the window, as well as being incredibly uncomfortable and gross. Yeah, I don't know what function it serves, like other than. These are creepy, gross people that not only incest, but they incest next to the dead product of their incest. Like, I don't mm. know what it does. Yeah, nothing really, other than look how horrible these people are. But there'd be something to be said if it was like, again, in the books, I'm assuming there's a kind of this just so lost in their grief together. This is the way, the only way they can feel better, maybe. Something like that. Well, but that's not here. Not in the show. <laughs> yeah, and having her say, no, stop, don't, and him going, I don't care, really undoes that and yeah. makes it incredibly obvious. I don't know how they defended that yeah. Well, as, yeah. N- as not being. Yeah, I can I can understand that some things on set don't look the way they turn out, but this was in the script and dialogue of being, you can see the flow of dialogue and what it is. Yeah. Know, odd, and it caused a stir at the time. Um, but now the biggest stir is how you know bit bad the eighth season was. So, Wow. Yeah. Yeah, weird stuff. But hey, that's behind us now. Moving on to Arya and the Hound, just buddy copping it about. Yeah, I was also originally depressing. so, yeah. I, oh, yay, buddy cop. This should mm-hmm. be a nice bit of reprieve. Nah. It, it even starts with a nice joke of, you know, Arya being like, yeah. you don't have a map. He's like, well, when you see the next map shot pointed out, Arya and the Hound. Yeah, and I'm getting all relaxed and ready for a good time. Nope. Uh, and then it's not a good time. No, because he comes across this uh, farmer and her, his daughter, and they, they let him in for the night, and then the hound just steals their silver and leaves, and he's like, they're going to be fucking dead come winter anyway, and they're not going to be able to spend that silver around the hound. 
Yeah, I don't know, again, if this is a fault of me watching the show backwards, but yeah, the Hound always seemed, you know, bitter and calloused and all this stuff, but he sort of had integrity. I didn't think he'd be this, uh, yeah, yeah, this mean. He was yeah. a big old mean hound, bad dog. Indeed. Like, even Ari even says to him, you you said you weren't a thief. And he's like, yeah, ah, hey, uh, it's not stealing because he's going to die soon. It's like, that's not, that's that's theft. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you were to steal the jello off someone's deathbed in a hospital, mm. it doesn't matter. That's still stealing. <laughs> yeah, so that's a move from, like, lawful, lawful evil to neutral evil or, like, uh, yeah. So one of those alignment shifts. It oh, he's chaotic quite... evil at the moment. Uh, chaotic is more like the Joker. Yeah, we'll just kill you for shits and gigs. Mm. The the definitions of uh, alignments are very uh, debated Fair amongst enough. you know nerds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those people! But I like I think those guys. The important thing is so remember way back. I think it's like season seven. Mm. Uh, the hounds traveling with some dudes, and they stop off at a farmhouse in winter, and he buries a couple of bodies. Yeah, that's these guys. Uh yes. Uh. Oh yeah. So he does have that kind of change of heart, in the sense that he comes back, sees kind of what he was going to happen anyway, presumably, but that he also didn't help. He actively hurt it, and the the guy, the farmer, even makes an offer. Hey, would you like to you know work for me and keep away the bandits, and I'll give you a fair pay? And he's like, Ah, oh, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. While fucking dunking bread in his soup and then putting it back in the bowl and grabbing a new bit of bread, and that's not how bread works, you bastard. It's so weird how, like, he goes from just pouring and spilling and then slurping it to then casually eating it when yeah. he needs to have a conversation. Oh, so you do know table manners. Yeah. Well, I guess the initial, like, burst of gobbling it down was, you know, to sate that hunger because Arya does as well. She kind of pours a big thing and just starts gulping it. Oh, I thought that was, uh, oh, this is our family. <laughs> I thought that was her, like, covering for, oh. her, for her dad. I mean, maybe because. The idea of starvation would have fit a lot better if Arya hadn't been eating something when we the scene started. She's yeah. like chewing on a root or something, but it's still something. And if there'd been a line of "We've got no food and I'm forced to eat this root," eh, might yeah. have, might have flowed together. I don't know, but it's hmm. there and it's over now. Um, what other notes have I got? I got um, uh, Samwise just gave that baby salmonella. <laughs> okay, how? What? <laughs> oh, because they're plucking the turkeys and uh, then he touches the baby. I mean, I don't know if that's the way. Uh, I don't know. Probably, but hey, it's a tough life. That kid has to get immune to salmonella somehow. That's true, but he may not be immune to herpes, which is what that woman that was clearly had that he was, she was hovering over him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was weird. But uh, that's Molestown. It's a filthy place, and uh, it does remind me why because I've been out with um with my brother and sister in law back when their children were like babies, and like strangers would just take their baby as license to touch their baby. Oh, what a cute baby! Is like, don't touch my kid. What the fuck? Yeah, I know. And especially old women, and they probably don't know what they're doing, and it's just... And this was before, you know, everything was diseased and we couldn't touch each other. Ah, back in the 30s, we touched all the babies. What? Yeah. No. No old no. women. All the old women that are listening to this yes. show. No. <laughs> Do not touch babies without parental consent. No. No. Um, Stannis's sets always look like dog shit. <laughs> well, he's in Dragon's Rock, I think, at this point, and... Uh, yeah, it's not great. <laughs> I don't know. He always, like, it seems like he that dude insists that he gets shot in one of the fucking leftover Power Rangers sets. <laughs> I don't know. Everything's just got, it's fucking rooftop missing wall fucking shit. And it just looks extra green screeny. Mm, yeah, yeah. I think it might just much a, a borrowed set from Star Trek, perhaps. Perhaps. 
I don't know. Um, I mean, the back and forth between Sir Davos and, you know, Stanith is, is fine, but it's yep. eh, nothing much. Then he goes to hang out with Sri, and that's fun and adorable. Yep, and we get another... There's two Teach Me Hit to Read stories going on in Game of Thrones. <laughs> I know, really pro-literature in this uh, show. That's great. <laughs> Literacy, it's the great king? I don't know, something. But I do like Sreen has the great moment of, you know, you can't go on calling a knight a knigget. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and... Don't move your lips. That's what children do. It's like just getting chewed out by a little girl here. Come on. But no, I love... <laughs> Sir Davos' whole thing is incredibly charming. He gets that moment of, of course, I just had an epiphany and runs off. It's all very... Oh, no, sorry. Then has her take the letter. Yeah. Yeah. All good. And that's our setup for next episode when they're in Bravos at the Iron Bank and hiring pirates and yada yada. Yeah. Which doesn't really amount to much, but whatever. Mm. it's still set up and honestly this was a fun scene even though it didn't really lead to much of anything and this is back you know a, a good example of Game of Thrones just being good where the dialogue is charming the characters are interesting so even if you don't really understand or care what's happening it's still good no definitely and yeah these two just yeah have a chemistry and mm-hmm. man makes the future that much bleaker oh yes <laughs> um, but yeah and Sir Davos has the great line of if you're a famous smuggler then you're not doing it right yeah Oh, that was that was wonderful! Like his just delivery of quips, man. What a, ah, what a legend, Sir Davos fucks yet again. Uh, so before that, we back in Castle Black. There was this bit where this guy's walking through, going uh, horse thief and rapist, and then turns to one guy's like ninth son. Like, wait, what? Yeah, you can't have nine. I mean, nine sons. What does that mean? Is that a what? He's just getting really petty all of a sudden. Yeah, it's just really weird. It's like this this person's a horrible murderer, and this one's raped twenty horses, and this guy. Eight siblings, what the fuck? <laughs> Send him to the wall, let him be a soldier for the rest of his life. What? Why, how's this fair? What? <laughs> this guy had an older sister, but this guy peed on the sink. I did. Fucking... Is he just Hodor for pointing out flaws? I guess. Even then, how is, how is being born the ninth son like a flaw? Like, you didn't do anything? Come on. Yeah. Man. I'm guessing maybe it's a superstition, like seventh son of seventh son. Oh, sure. But uh, other than I made an album, how hard is that to even put together? Like Moon child. Yeah. Be like, okay, well, I'm the seventh son. Here comes my seventh child and heart's a girl. Damn it. Have to start all over again. <laughs> Fuck, this takes ages. Oh, my God. And then it's like 50-50 every time. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess no wonder that had an omen over it because it was so unlikely. But even then, mm. I don't know. I don't know what point I'm making. It was just stuck out as being weird. Probably means they're Catholic. Yeah, As I, and then I did have the bit after where he's hanging out with Gilly and there's kind of an awkward pause in their conversation. I want to be like, so, come here often? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the pluck are you doing here? Oh, I'm Sam. I, ju- the- <laughs> I belong in another plucking series. <laughs> Does the finger guns at her and she's just like, hey. oh, right. <laughs> it's a little bit of romance when he's like, oh, you've, you're not safe here because there's a you know, hundred men who lay at white night thinking about you. And, like, and Skilly's like, oh, so what do you as well? And he's like, no, no what? No, <laughs> I, don't, I haven't thought about you nude. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sam from another series. Yeah, you belong in another series. Yeah, I'm out of notes. Yeah, me too. I'm scanning, but I'm pretty sure I'm done. So that means if I'm out of notes and you're out of notes, we must ask our final question. How did we get here? Well, um, I heard that Joffrey's probably going to die in this next episode. I mean, that's pretty fair. Finally, it feels like we've actually had like three direct aftermath episodes in a row. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, so, this is big. So yeah. yeah. So I know what happens, but you know, for the purpose of the bit, I heard the next episode is called The Lion and the Rose. 
So it's going to be Circle of Life, mm-hmm. the music of that, but with the lyrics of Bette Midler's The Rose. I mean, I look forward to it. <laughs> All right. Some say love, it is a ah! razor. And it moves us all. Anyway. You know a lot more lyrics to that than any other song I've ever heard you mention. I know all the lyrics to The Rose. What? You don't know any lyrics to anything? I don't uh, don't know necessarily what order they go in. Some say love, it is a river that leaves your soul to bleed. Nope. (laughs) I'm expecting you to, like, crack out the hand movements from Napoleon Dynamite or something. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, if we're talking about this, that must mean the episode is over. So, I've been BT Calloway. I'm The Rose. (laughs) And for now, our watch has ended. Mm-hmm.